0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: the refrain that sticks in my head from when i was a child was her saying hannah if anything happened to you you could be in a terrible accident and all your looks could go in a second yeah and if you only are preoccupied with that defining you in that moment you will lose everything so Mm. it's so much more important that you're a clever and brave and kind, kind person.
0: Hello and welcome back to Beautiful Lives and thank you so much to everyone who tuned in last week. This week's guest is writer, columnist and podcaster Dolly Alderton. Now, aside from Dolly's enormous success and colossal talent, one of the things that singles Dolly out is how much everyone loves her. In fact, it got to the point where I could predict that when I told anyone I'd interviewed Dolly for this podcast, literally anyone from any walk of life, they'd immediately respond with, I love her and want to be her friend, she is nice in real life, or something to that effect. I'm very pleased to say that she absolutely is, and during the sunny morning that my dog Monty and I spent with her at her flat in Camden, I was both charmed and slightly disarmed actually by how very warm and open she is in real life. So on this episode, Dolly talks about the horrors of being called ugly on MSN Messenger, the agony of adolescence when she felt that she was in beauty purgatory, and then some happier things like the joy of a brilliant perfume and getting her hair just right and realising she didn't have to look like a model to be considered to be attractive or happy within herself. Now, before you listen to the episode, I just wanted to add that you may hear one or the other of us say, ah, that too, a few times or something like that. And that's because, by sheer bizarre coincidence, Dolly and I both grew up in Stanmore, then went to rugby school and have gone on to work in journalism. So that's explained. Here's Dolly Alderton on her beautiful life. So let's talk about your childhood a bit. So what are your earliest memories of beauty and the role that that played in your household
1: um I had a very very glamorous and beautiful mother um I know everyone says that about their mother but my mum really was a corker Mm -hmm. and she blonde she was blonde um for most of her she was a model and Mm -hmm. for all of her time modeling she was blonde and then she when she was in her 30s early 30s she was blonde and then just when she met my dad she went scarlet red Wow. Yeah, she's a very, very striking woman. And I mm. must say, the only thing that eclipses her outer beauty is her inner beauty, as cheesy as that sounds. She's a very, very kind person. Mm. Um, and so so the beauty thing, it was very prevalent in my house growing up. Um, Did you feel like it was important for you to be beautiful? I do think about this a lot. Thank you, therapy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> about the impact of what it was to have a mother like that. Yes. Um, I have to say, I think I was very fortunate in that my mum uh, was super aware of it and she never never wanted me to feel like my looks were where the, where the value right. and treasure in me lay. Yeah. Um, and she really succeeded, actually. She was like... I remember she'd have a friend round who was talking about a diet she was on and I remember my mum saying, like, we don't talk about diets in front of Hannah.
0: That's very aware of Mm. you know what was that the 90s so that was before people were really talking about that kind of thing so she she's
1: I mean she's a strident feminist my mum and she also she saw Mm. what beauty what the pressure um, of beauty can do Mm. To the model. she ended up running her own modelling agency did she okay and she saw horror stories of what happened to those women there and yeah. she knows she loves fashion my mum mm-hmm. she loves the creativity of it and the playfulness of beauty and whatever and she always said to me that's fine have fun with it that's okay but constantly the refrain that sticks in my head from when I was a child was her saying Hannah if anything happened to you you could be in a terrible accident you could be caught in a fire um something or you can have some terrible disease and all your looks could go in a second yeah and if you only are preoccupied with that defining you in that moment you will lose everything so Mm. it's so much more important that you're a a clever and brave and kind kind person so that was something that that she really did hammer home to me, and I, I did carry that. So beauty was very prevalent in my house, and it was it was there to be enjoyed. And obviously, I did, I was aware growing up that people responded and reacted to my mum in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And when she went into a room, there was a certain reaction. It's slightly
0: the unavoidable room. when you're around someone yeah. beautiful to see the alchemy, as it were, that yeah, that has yeah. and an atmosphere.
1: People yeah, exactly. behave differently. Exactly, something yeah. I've noticed mm-hmm. until sure hate me for saying this is that my mum was always late when I was growing up okay. and it's something that I have inherited from her much to the annoyance of everyone in my life
0: how late do you think it's okay to be late
1: now, I've changed my mind. I used to think like anything within an hour that was like a catchment, and, mm-hmm. but I just don't get bothered when people are late for me. So I always yeah. in my head would be like, "We'll just read a fucking book." You yeah. Know? yeah, I didn't realise for some people it's very disrespectful, and you know it is. Yeah, but I noticed with my mum, <laughs> she's got away with it yeah. <laughs> her whole life because she's how she's, she's used a beautiful, like, charming, gorgeous, yeah. scatty thing. Yeah, um, and I have realised that I do not have charm or looks to carry it off like my mum did yeah um but yeah so you are aware of that but as i said she did a very good job mm. uh on me of kind of hammering home this stuff that's really important as a woman and human to cultivate in yourself growing up so what are the products so you've said l'oreal
0: uh sorry l'oreal Elnett is that right uh, is that by l'oreal i don't know why uh, yes it is it okay is, fine yeah, Elnett yeah and also um the perfumes and things so that's yeah. kind of a very multi-sensory childlike yeah uh memory of beauty isn't it that you smell it and you see it and all of that and you can you know I'm imagining furs and things like that not necessarily <laughs> I mean, fur but she wasn't Joan Collins no but <laughs> you know that kind of vibe and it yeah, yeah. and it being that time as well like the late it was it late 80s sort of thing yeah and she it. was
1: like um she liked you know she, she was like I suppose we all have this the mothers when we look back it's like the striped blusher oh and yeah the, and the eyeshadow to the to the eyebrows yeah. and yeah she did it was like a very strong template and she has these very big eyes that she kind of loved winging out and uh and even but i do remember those scents of her makeup even i remember her lipstick had yeah. a very perfumed smell that, yeah you, that you don't get anymore um but yeah and i found it beguiling yeah i loved all that so when
0: did it come into play for you then at what age were you thinking i'm going to start embellishing the way i look
1: really young um from like with felt pens to. Oh, my, my parents were very strict actually with me about. Um, they were so keen for me not to grow up. Do you have too siblings? Fast. Yeah, I've got a little brother. Okay,
0: but you were the woman, so. Yeah, uh, the yeah, woman, they were the just girl.
1: keen. They were fine with me like playing around with that stuff in the home, mm. um, but they were quite strict about when I could get my ears pissed or put makeup on or whatever mm-hmm. growing up, which I'm quite grateful for. Um, but yeah, when did I start really. Probably when I was about 13, they started letting me wear. And makeup. what did you reach for straight away? Mascara. Just, right. Uh, from now until to cradle to tomb, it's going to be mascaras. <laughs> like. But I wonder.
0: So, my question with that is that when you get to a certain age, mm. it, beauty either comes about hiding things. So, most yeah. teenagers have bad skin, and then they're reaching for concealers. Yeah. Or about enhancing things. And actually,. It's quite nice to hear that you thought, I've got nice eyes, I'll play them up. Yeah. You know, rather
1: than feeling that you needed to ch- change something. No, no. And also I would often, you know, I've always had quite a love of, a kind, I'm quite nostalgic and I always had a love of a certain silhouette of beauty with women, yeah. particularly the 60s and the 70s. And the 70s was when my mum was mm-hmm. modelling and there were right. lots of kind of very glam photos of her. Mm-hmm. So I often, very young, would say to mum, can you do my yeah. makeup like this picture? Would she do it? Yeah, yeah. She loved doing it. Yeah. 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 Um, and as I said, normally no one would be benefiting it other than my sofa watching Keenan and Cal. Oh but that was... I'd forgotten you
0: know, about Keenan and Cal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, Nickelodeon.
1: Nickelodeon. I never looked like a teenager. Like, I had quite big boobs and mm-hmm. wide hips from mm-hmm. a very young age. I was like six foot tall mm-hmm. from a very young age. Um, was that from your mum? yeah well both sides okay. yeah they're both pretty tall um, and I just I just looked like a mad teenager I looked older than I was as I said I was quite big mm-hmm. um, I carried quite a lot of weight when I was a teenager that I didn't lose until I kind of went to boarding school then university so I just I didn't look and also I didn't I always wanted to be older growing up so like I wanted I loved like watching old films I wanted to be like Glamorous. I wanted oh. to be um, sensual. I wanted to be sophisticated. Who were you looking up to? Was there a particular? You know, I was watching Doris Day films mm-hmm. and Audrey Hepburn films, and um, and I wanted to be like. I didn't want to look like a teenage girl, so yeah. I didn't want to look like a kind of skinny young. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was the girl that was like vintage shopping. Mm. You know, for like mad prom dresses and, and then going to the like pizza that. express in Istanbul yeah, right exactly exactly and curling my hair to more like Marilyn Monroe whatever. yeah so like I I didn't I didn't suit right. both psychologically <laughs> and physically the state of adolescence mm-hmm. um, and I just held out faith that one day my aesthetic would make more sense right when I was older. It's incredibly wise as a teenager to think that. I
0: mean, it's extraordinary that you even had that understanding of yourself because most teenagers go through a phase where there's a lot of conflict and it yeah. sounds like there wasn't really that for you. You sound quite self-aware as a teenager. Well,
1: I still hated the way I looked because right. boys just did not get well, it at all. Did and they not? So No, yeah. not at all. And a lot of boys called me fat or ugly. And To, but- your, to your face? on msn messenger oh god (laughs) um but yeah so but the the funny thing is as well with me growing up with my relationship to my face and my body is that i remember because i had parents that were so wildly in love with me and i only Mm -hmm. realized now what a great privilege that is Mm -hmm. and what an amazing start in life that gives you um you know, they just thought, and it's not that they were convincing themselves, they truly believed and believed to this day that I am the best person alive, including me and my brother. It's amazing. So they just think we're brilliant. Yeah. Which is lovely, but it does end up with both me and my brother have anxiety, because I think when you intersect that with real life, things can be quite... But it's a better way to go. It's
0: better to feel strong within yourself, and like the rest of the world doesn't get how fabulous you are. Yeah, exactly. Totally crap. It
1: was quite a strange moment because I remember thinking like, "Oh, I have like quite a nice face, and Mm. I look all right." Yeah. And then I remember the first time a boy told me, when I was about twelve, that I was like, "Oh God, it was a horrible moment." I remember him saying, "You're as fat as a pig, (gasps) ugly as a." Can't remember what he said. Um, I remember being like, "Oh my God." maybe I'm not attractive and it was weird because I hadn't had that thought before yeah because it had been so instilled in me that I was just clever and funny and lovely the way I am with nice hair and whatever I hadn't I hadn't even computed it so I was just like it was quite a shocking moment I remember mm. being like oh god maybe there's something wrong with how I look it, or I remember a girl said it to me once at school how fat and ugly I was and I remember being like God, all these people. This is weird. <laughs> this is so strange. Why can't they see what this I is see? Strange. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it wasn't like an arrogance. It was more just like I was quite bewildered. I was yeah. like, oh, maybe my parents have been lying to me. Who knew? Parents can be loving and say things <laughs> that they don't. That maybe yeah. isn't the you know maybe I'm not the most well, amazing person alive. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was interesting. But maybe that was what. Maybe their love is what instilled me with a sense of one day this will be okay.
0: But it's but it's the value. I mean, that's a great thing for your parents to do to you. Value yeah. yourself in the right ways. And, yeah. you know, to be told you're beautiful and, hey, you are. But also, you know, <laughs> like, to, it's a good thing to give your child. You yeah,
1: I, I think so. And I,
0: mean, I, I I personally really believe that most people are quite beautiful. I feel like it's just finding the look I that agree. suits you and the kind of way of presenting yourself. So later on, you then went to boarding school. Again, both went to the same boarding so school. So funny. so strange. Um, rugby school yes. in Warwickshire. Um, my experience of that when I got there was that, so we again both went for sixth form, so there was already there were already lots of girls there, but the boys have sort of had their run of them for three years, yeah, and it was were a meat market, yeah. yeah, thirsty, for fresh blood, yeah, and in you come, and you. You know, the, this is not the culture of the school, it's a great school, but the the sense of it is that you are being judged the minute you walk in oh, to see what level of good-looking you yeah, are. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Graded around. Graded,
0: yeah. yeah. And yeah. in some cases, actually, I've heard. Um, how did you feel about that?
1: So funny. I went to rugby. Um, I, as I said, desperate to be grown up. I really mm. wanted to live away from home. Mm. Um, not that home life was lovely, I just, I wanted to... Well, you were desperate to to be a grown-up. Desperate to be, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was desperate to be around proper real-life boys. Mm. Um, And I remember the first night that we got to rugby, um, we had, like, an induction. Like, that evening, there was, like, a talk for the sixth form. And it was almost like a Deb party. We were all like, this is the coming out for, like, the new fresh bloods. We all got to look great. So we all put all the girls in my house. We all got dressed up, and we all did each other's makeup. What did you look like at that point? I was still pretty big, okay. um, I was still probably a size 16. Um, long blonde hair? brown, Long brown hair, Okay. Um, far too much makeup, far too what, much. What kind of makeup? Eye makeup, right. masses of eye makeup. Do you remember the products you used at the time? Uh, yeah, it was always Rimmel, Black Coal, mm. uh, Maybelline mascara, Great Lash mascara that my mum had recommended to me, um, tons of bronzer and then a sort of kind of pearl and shine sort of sounds lovely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very sexy. Sophisticated. Of the time. And I remember sitting there and feeling so assessed by all these boys. Mm. Um, and then I was like, again, I think I was like, surely there'll be someone here who fancies yeah, someone will want to get off Turns with me. Turns there wasn't. <laughs> really? No, no. And I remember my first, again, I've written about this in my book. Yeah. In my first politics lesson, mm. it was like ten boys and like one two girls Yeah. So two of the girls win the class. And um there was a boy who I won't name who actually is now engaged to my friend. Uh-oh. And he has since apologised to this and says he cannot recall doing it. Um he was sort of the most good looking boy not yeah was thought. he in the rugby team? Yeah he was. Okay. Um and his older brother had been you'll know his older brother actually I'll tell you the name afterwards okay. had been at the school and he was famous on campus because his nickname was Zeus. Okay. Because he was so attractive. Okay. Um, and this boy sent a note to me down the table with like a heart on it. Mm. And I couldn't believe my luck. because so I was like, oh my God, I'm getting a love note from this a dream. This over. gorgeous guy. I'm, my ship's in. Opened the note and it was a drawing of an orc from Lord of the Rings. No. And underneath there was an arrow saying, you look like this. Oh my God. That's horrific. Yeah, it was embarrassing. It was very embarrassing. <laughs> I was not. Weirdly, I remember finding it quite funny. I think I used humour as a defence. I think, I think I, the way I made friends, and I had a lot of boy friends at rugby, mm. and I think the way I did that was because I knew it wasn't good, sure as hell. What it wasn't going to be from the way I looked. It would be from making them laugh. So I think I told that story quite a lot actually to make people laugh.
0: But did you feel did that affect your sense of self worth at all, or were you just? Uh... Did you just think, oh, hey, hey, this is the way it is?
1: I think I just decided... I can't explain. I always knew that there would be some point in my life I would be se- would be sexy. Yeah. I knew I would when yeah. I was more grown up. So and lot of stuff belief again. Turns out I was. Again. Yeah, I just, like, as in, I, as in... Sorry, I'm not like some walking sex bomb. <laughs> as in, people have found me attractive. I yeah. knew that one day mm-hmm. a man or some men would understand what I was about. So it didn't... It, it was upsetting, but I just... I just had this innate sense that I just didn't make sense to teenage boys.
0: But you, you said that you were using humour as a defence mechanism. Yes, yeah. And you later on wrote comedy, or you were stand-up comedian. Is that right? Oh god, very short. Foray. Okay, yeah, very short time. But you're funny, and you're using your brain. Mm-hmm.
1: Was it at this point that you thought I'm going to be a writer? Yeah, yeah. I was obsessed. I was gripped by it. But that's the but, minute I got to rugby, it was like an obsession. And actually, a lot of the. A lot of the writing I did at rugby, I started a blog then, Mm -hmm. my first blog that ended up being, you know, the same size as War and Peace. It was like 100,000 words. Wow. Um, I started writing for local papers at rugby. I started writing plays. Um, I started, which I, you know... Rugby was a brilliant place to help cultivate that. Um, It's where I think I realised that if I wasn't going to be someone who everyone said was pretty, that was fine if... I could be really funny and ambitious so, and clever. So yeah. that's when I kind of started, perhaps defensively. As I really was going to say, it's that. almost a
0: sense of like a strong sort of um, mission to yeah. sort of go, this is what I'm going to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And
1: also, if you're a good writer, that can't be taken away yeah. from you with a bad hair day. And you also always have an argument. You know, you can
0: always come back to people with something if you understand how to form arguments. Yeah, Yeah, and
1: I've got to say, to this day, you know, it's wonderful when you're falling in love with a man and he takes you by the face and tells you that you have the face of Aphrodite or you're the most beautiful has ever that ever happened to you? whatever I've, I've, <laughs> okay, some fine. drunken yeah maybe one some drunken but you know when you have those moments of yeah. feeling like seen by mm. a male get mm. those moments are fun but they've never ever topped the moments where I feel like my writing is like making people yeah. laugh or touching people or um, or people are relating to it so yeah. it's fun for people mm. to think you're attractive it is fun yeah but it still doesn't make me feel as good as when people think i'm clever or funny
0: one of your products that i i know you're going to mention is something to do with switching off Mm. i'm just wondering if if you could talk us through the product and also if that's how you make time or shift your brain mentally to this is now off
1: yeah um so i love taking baths Mm -hmm. Um, always have done I find them such a treat Um, and I think there's something about I'm a slave to my phone as Mm -hmm. many people are but especially when you're a freelancer because it's your whole office really Um, and I'm so undisciplined with it and it's pathetic but I, I really need to often do something physical that physically takes me away from my phone. So the only things that really relax me are playing my guitar because I can't play with one hand Mm -hmm. and be scrolling or checking emails with another. And another (laughs) is having a bath because I can't have my phone in the bath. Um, I I would say the same things, but also adding massage to it. Like if you're having an actual massage, you're like... Oh, such a treat. I mean, the worst thing I discovered was urban massage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I just love the stillness yeah um and i love podcasts i love um having podcasts or even reading in the bath Mm -hmm. um and my products that i love for that and i do spend sally hughes who obviously you all know is a brilliant brilliant beauty journalist and i do find that over the years i kind of have ended up a lot of the beauty rules that i have i've taken from sally and Mm -hmm. from her work and her advice and her videos Um, and she says always go cheap for shower and expensive for oh, bath. Yeah. And also, you only need a tiny bit of bath oil. So mm. it is really, you can, you can make eke out. So it's mm. a good treat, I yeah. think. I'll often get the uh, Floris Rose and Geranium Bath Essence. Mm-hmm. And it comes is, in a divine bottle. The bottle yeah. is just so beautiful. Um, and it's this, like, emerald green. It's just, yeah. I just love having it on my shelf. And then you only need a couple of drops of that. And it mm. kind of perfumes with the steam. Your whole house fills with this beautiful um, geranium floral scent. It's oh god, I love it. Oh god, I'm going to buy it. I know. It's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very expensive. It's yeah. very expensive. But that bottle has already. I'm not even halfway through, and that's had. I've had that a year. Right. Um, and then I also love Ren Rose Otto. Yeah. Um, again, because both of mm. them aren't too oily as mm. well, which is which is nice. Um, so that's a real treat for me to have a bath with that in.
0: Um, how hot do you like your bath water in? How long are you in there for?
1: Do you know, it will always be like, you know, sometimes you run a bath mm. or draw a bath. God, I love that verb. Yeah. And you get it and you're like, I finally got it. And yeah. you feel like you should like be given a prize. I never get it. <laughs> I never get it. <laughs> I always make mine too hot. Yeah. Um, I do
0: think it has to be slightly hotter than you think you want. I like to feel slightly shocked when I first get in it. Yeah, and
1: also I quite like, because I am trying to zone out and I have Mm. a bath desperately, I'll do it right before bed. I do like the sort of meditative, hypnotic thing of kind of feeling, you know, when your head feels slightly heavy because it's so hot. That works for me.
0: But you know what? Whenever I run a really hot bath like that, or draw a really hot bath like that, I always think of that scene in My Fair Lady where they're going to wash her oh, and yes. the steam's billowing out. Yeah, and yeah. I, for some reason in my childhood, that made baths terrifying for me. It's and quite terrifying. I really enjoy them now, but that scene just felt like someone was going to torture her or something. It was awful. Um, so what's your relationship with makeup now? Because... It's a tricky one. There there are so many feelings around makeup and it being a lie or secret. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: How do you feel about makeup? I'm in a great place with makeup now. It means I can dip in and out Mm. of makeup with a real autonomy and joy. Um, I really love putting a face on, but it's not... I don't feel appalled anymore at the idea of um, colleagues or... New lovers, or mm. you know, seeing me without a face makeup, I don't feel like I owe it to them to provide them with a face that's perhaps more pleasing. I don't, I, and yeah. that's a lovely place to get get to. It's a, I mean, for some people, they never get there. It's a yeah. very, yeah, I'm aware. It's yeah. tricky,
0: isn't it? Yeah, the first time you take your makeup off in front of a lover is hard. Yeah, I yeah. mean, maybe not for you now, but when it you're... was for me for
1: years, you know, it yeah. was like for my for my past relationships. For the first three months, I always say you'd know when I was in love because I'd have conjunctivitis because I would <laughs> because be... eye makeup
0: is your thing, yeah, yeah because yeah. I'd
1: be sleeping in my eye makeup. You yeah, know, my ex boyfriend, I think he didn't see me without makeup for uh, well over three months. Okay, um, and I would never do that now because mm. I think that if a man hasn't got the balls to deal with my eyes, that mascara. And he's not the man for me. No. Um, but my journey of life is going to offer up more terrifying precisely. things. And, but I am aware that some women, you know, you hear stories about women who've been married for 50 years who still get up before their husband yeah. does. And I don't judge them at all because I understand. I used to be that person and I understand why you get there. And I understand the, uh, the feeling that you are covering up constantly who you are to the world. And a great shame that one day you're going to be found out and feeling that mm. the only way that anyone has liked you or listened to you or felt attracted to you is because of this big lie of mascara and lipstick Mm. Um, I understand that I don't judge it Um, but I would uh, you know and I still would feel more confident Mm. sitting here with you if I had makeup you know but I hope that most women I know will have will feel freed from that at some point.
0: Shame is a really interesting word, isn't it? Because it's one of those emotions, I think my psychoanalyst or psychiatrist told me once that shame is something you're not born in the world with. It's not one of the basic definitely, human emotions. It's definitely. something other people give you. Exactly. But people do get that. With makeup, it's it's a sense of if people are used to seeing you a certain way, mm. you can feel ashamed when you don't live up to yeah, the yeah. version of yourself that you feel you've yeah, totally. projected into the world. Or, totally. Yeah.
1: The other problem is with women mm. is that again i kind of go into this in my book that is that when you're a man it's a level of like attractiveness mm. the bar is so low so what you need to do to be an attractive man is be nice funny uh clean clean yeah have a, a neat haircut mm-hmm. um brush your teeth yeah and have a nice jumper on and yeah. and have a have a lovely smile and and maybe be give or take a stone average weight, but yeah. you know, be a bit chubby, fine, be a bit skinny, fine. That can warrant, you know, a dream boat. Yeah. Whereas for women that's not enough. The sky's the limit for women. Yeah. And it's not unheard of that like that I I used to dedicate the same amount of time and effort and money into mm. my looks as if it were my profession. Yeah, you know, as too. if I were as if I were trying to be a model. Yeah. And it's like it, it would be mad if a man who worked on a paper or as an accountant or as a lawyer mm-hmm. was getting a manicure every week, going to the gym every day, yeah. getting a spray tan done once a fortnight, spending this extraordinary amount of money on clothes, getting mm-hmm. his body waxed in the inch of his life. It would be so insane. People would go, Why are you doing that, Dave? you know. Yeah. That that's such Doesn't a waste of your time. All. No one's expecting this of you. But with women, for some reason it's like the way that we measure ourselves is up against people who it is their full time job mm. to look the way they look.
0: Yeah, it's very
1: problematic, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and it's also a thing of smelling a certain way and feeling soft and yeah, yeah. Again, if it's your thing, enjoy it. But I think it's you can't take that on. You can't take it all on. It can't all be your no, thing exactly. every day. Ready to pop the question? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell me then with makeup, you are a lash person. Mm.
1: Which mascara are you using? L'Oreal Lash Architect right. was recommended to me by my friend, um, New, who's an actress, Vanessa mm. Kirby. She plays Margaret in the Crown. No! <laughs> She's of... your friend. I love her. She's great. I love her. You'll notice how fabulous her eyelashes are. She's fabulous. She recommended to me, she's got these huge, gorgeous big eyes, and she recommended to me when we were about 18, this mascara, and she said, once you use this, you will never turn back, and now every single woman in our group of friends, I think, still uses it. L'Oreal Lash Architect. It's in a silver tube. It's so difficult to open. It's shrouded in plastic. Mm. Never ever ever used a mascara so good. Oh really? It's top and bottom. Lengthening, yeah, I do top and bottom with them. Um, I, I mean, I've always put on about six layers. Do you separate them? Yeah, so I like mascara, and when I use fake eyelashes as well, I always <coughs> use the same Eyelure pair. Which Eyelure pair? Sorry to be fair. I sensitive. use the... Length, I've got a packet here. I think they're o. I can't remember which they are. But it's just... Full set. set. Yeah, full set. Okay, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, I'll yeah. send you which ones they are. They're okay. lengthening there. I don't like pre glued They're so the one with the glue. Yeah. Um, and I always put the glue on. Again, this is a tip from uh, new, And then I let them dry for like... 10 20 seconds. Yeah, yeah. I love I'm telling uh, No, no, no. I'm, I'm agreeing. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. And then, when I also trim normally the first one or two. Yeah. Um, I think thickening for mascara is a lie, right? Because to thicken an eyelash, mm-hmm. you would just have to have, unless it's a tubular one, maybe mm-hmm. it would work. Yeah. You just have to build outwards and outwards with more and more so it's just like Mono-latch. mascara clinging onto mascara yeah, yeah so I don't think you can thicken them but I do think you can lengthen them so mm. I try and go for long and separate it right and like a fan yeah like a fan and yeah. sometimes they'll build outwards slightly if I mm-hmm. put on enough but really I think what looks best is when you go for long yeah um and that's why I do the same with my fake eyelash so I don't want to have just like a big black no, and it's not nice I mean? when you can
0: see the light shining off a fake no, eye lash. No, I exactly. hate that. Whereas I like
1: yeah. fluttery long lashes. When
0: you put your fake lashes on, are you then putting mascara on your lashes to bind them or do you put I do them on top?
1: Both. So I put yeah. mascara on first, let my mascara dry for about 10 15 minutes. Okay. Because otherwise, yeah. you know, I get it all over my fingers, and then I'll put my lashes on and then put mascara on top of that. Oh, my God. Putting lashes on, and that will be for either a party or photo shoot mm-hmm. that will be because you know I do want them to look quite dramatic do you pay attention to your brows then at the same time or is it your you eyes i never done anything? anything to my so eyebrows? you just leave them I just leave them I've got a wayward eyebrow that drives mm. me insane one hair or the whole brow it's just this my left brow you'll be able to notice it now yeah piped up grows the, the end of it grows like upwards
0: no this is a whole thing
1: oh is it so yeah. you have to trim it once a yeah no yeah. this
0: is a this is a um, fashion people are liking them I can't remember what it's called but it's it's apparently very youthful really mm, have your lashes the front bit's going up again mine grow up like a little bush at the front and yeah. um, no, I have to trim are, them uh,
1: you've got like Audrey Hepburn no like, I hate brows. my
0: brows and I long complicated relationship oh, but I love they them. grow up at the front and I have to trim them and sometimes I trim them too low and then I it's a struggle <laughs> um all right let's talk about your eye makeup then so you said that you were an eyeliner addict and you have
1: now been convinced to try shadow tell me yeah, about yeah so about two years ago probably again it was the great Sally Hughes I listened to her talking about the joys of eyeshadow and where it's kind of softer um And two of my friends at the time did that thing where I tried eyeshadow for the first time and then did that slightly passive thing where they go... I love your eyes like this. This is the best they've ever been. Whatever you're oh, doing now, do yeah, that yeah, again yeah. and again and again. Yeah. And two close friends, Pandora Sykes, said that to me and my friend Sarah said it to me. And I thought, mm. oh, you guys think I wear way too much eyeliner. <laughs> and then I said to them, do you think I wear too much eyeliner? And they were like, ah. <laughs> and my mum had always said it as well. I really did. It's a bit did. like when you lose weight though, and people go, you look yeah. great. Yeah, like, I really <laughs> did wear yeah. too, way too much. Okay. Um, so... So then, yeah, I now I'm this huge convert to eyeshadow. I just mm. adore it. So I now, I'd like, unless, again, if I have a shoot, I'll put a tiny bit of eyeliner on just for pictures, but I just don't wear eyeliner. So what's your colour? What's
0: your, do you have a palette so you love? So there's,
1: yeah, so the, for, if I want to do more dramatic for nighttime, I'll just do a, like, copper lid, mm-hmm. just completely copper. Um, and there's a great NARS uh, one called a uh, duo called Isolde I okay think it's that one um that's really highly pigmented it's lovely mm. um that looks great especially if you've got a tan I love that and I think copper looks so cool and sexy with blue yeah. eyes it's unreal um and then there's a palette that I use every day by Chanel called Mystic Eyes mm. which is pale pink um a sort of silvery um pale it's, mm. it just comes out as a pale base basically mm. like an opalescent base and then a taupe brown and a chocolate brown okay and it's all in this form do you have
0: loads of brushes then or are you doing it and i use
1: one brush which one one from nars I'm, blender. Su- I'm such a novice with like yeah. eyeshadow. i still need to that reminds me i do need to go buy some new brushes okay <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> one
0: brush i mean i'm a i'm a bit of a brush person so right I'm like, oh I'll, you can tell
1: me which ones to get, I'll get out yeah love yeah brush. love okay. brush great
0: Okay, tell me about scent then. So I've in my notes I've written here. You like food.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's rumbling (laughs) as we speak.
0: I love food. You talk about food a lot. You write about food a lot. You once wrote something in your newsletter, I think it was about hot cross buns. Was it? There was a long piece you wrote, and there was a joy of food. It made me really hungry.
1: Oh, I think I was
0: worried about all the things that made me happy. There we go, yeah. there we go, that's yeah, the one. Okay, fine, I'm just imagining lots and lots of food. I'm I'm picturing, um, so we're in Dolly's living room, sitting room, and um, there's a table, and I'm just imagining loads of people around here, lots of wine and, and that sort of thing, <laughs> and food, and it all looks very homely. So, um, yeah, so you love food, you like cooking. Does that translate into perfume? Are you a, someone who goes, oh, I love that coffee, velvety, chocolatey perfume, or is it floral?
1: Um... Oh, do you know? I found out recently that there was a perfume that had that had just been launched. That's the smell of hot buttered toast. Oh, what's I that? Thought, imagine just shrouding yourself in that.
0: I've just tried a coffee one. That's incredible, but is it's is blended it? with other things. It's beautiful. It's by oh, Atelier Atelier Cologne, and it's called Cafe Tuberosa. And they do a whole Gourmand range, and it's just oh, wow. clever. It's really clever. Yeah, they do yeah. vanilla, and but their stuff is like it's it's just it's got loads of layers. So. You immediately when I spray it, people go, "Oh, coffee!" But oh, it's okay, not. Okay. It's not just coffee. It's, yeah, it's, it's and complex. coffee's
1: so complex. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got. Yeah. It, it makes you feel things, and I quite like yeah. that scent. What?
1: Well, Maybe what's I'll, your thing? Well, do you know? I've kind of worn the same perfume since I was eighteen, which is a really unusual perfume. I'm loath to tell anyone. Mm, go about on. You have to say it. Although I actually do want to tell people about it. Okay. It's so. First of all, because I want to be, like, altruistic and everyone should discover this beautiful perfume. Sorry, that is my stomach rumbling, if you can hear that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, But also because I've noticed that it's always on sale and hardly anyone buys it and I often buy it second hand on eBay and I'm petrified it's going to be discontinued so actually I would like everyone to go buy okay, it go and buy so it's what is it. it's called Cornubia by Penhaligans
0: that's an incredibly decadent perfume to have when you're 18 <laughs> I know was I, I, it a I, present at first or did you find
1: it I used to wear Bluebell perfume when right. I was a teenager which is a Penhaligan scent which is like I think Kim very... likes that one oh really yeah. I heard Sienna likes it so oh. I think maybe that's why I first asked mm. it for Christmas um, it's like i've always loved very old-fashioned scents mm. um and i love the bluebell was quite grassy and it felt like a kind of I don't know like a 90s 1940s i loved it yeah. um and the bottle again oh beautiful yeah Amazing. in fact the bluebell bath oils one i love oh, yes well. um and quite affordable as well yeah what? it is apparently amy winehouse loved it as
0: apparently well. um i was there last christmas and yeah apparently i think it was kate moss again who went in and just buys like 10 of them and gives them to people for
1: christmas what a lovely present yeah nice bath oil's such a good present because you often feel so indulgent buying it so yeah. it feels so decadent every you?
0: year if i'm buying people when i'm buying people beauty christmas presents they usually get bath oil because yeah. it's, it's you a know, lovely idea can't really give someone a mascara but the yeah. bath oil's like treat yourself exactly. enjoy your life exactly <laughs> yeah. you don't feel guilty about this purchase exactly
1: um yeah, so I think I was in there trying my Bluebell perfume when I was mm. a teenager and then I found this other one. I think I just found the bottle quite enchanting. It was mm. like with a circular glass stopper. I just it was so glamorous. Um, and I just had never smelled a perfume like it when I put it on. Mm. And I still haven't smelled a perfume like it. And I still get people asking me about it. Um, it's like... Do you have it here? Yes, do you can want to smell it? Can I have a sniff? Yeah, yeah. I've got a perfume tray. As Dolly runs to the next
0: room to her perfume I tray, can't hold <laughs> let me smell. Yeah, I mean, don't spray it. I'll just sniff it out. Then. No, no,
1: no. Have a spray. Yeah, Put it was... on you. Okay.
0: Oh yeah, it's lovely. It's gorgeous, isn't it? It's um. Well, it does have an alcoholy vibe through. <laughs> Do you
1: know what it We're just changes? Fitting in with my idea of who you are. <laughs> it's such an old lush. <laughs> it does change as. Um, yeah, it's
0: it's almost got violet, maybe in power. Yeah, it's as you go through oh, the it's day, nice. you're yeah.
1: you keep smelling it because it has so many it takes on so many different incarnations yes. through the evening, which I mm. love. Um, and it's got like a, a very warm amber base note, mm-hmm. which I love. And then they That's call it, it yeah. yeah. Then they call it um, oriental flowers, kind of yeah. float on top.
0: I find those, um, I know the categories, but I never use them to describe perfume because I feel like they're so confusing. I I know, (laughs) I know. But I I do
1: know now, but I love this perfume. Mm. And actually what is left of it by the end of the night, which reminds me of kind of sitting on night buses. Mm. (laughs) Smelling amazing. um, What's left of it is a kind of uh, this warm, uh, sexy, very feminine smell that I can't Mm. quite describe. It's not sweet, it's just warm. I was going to say, it's very feminine,
0: isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. But in an, it, it not in a cloying, annoying. Sense. No, no.
1: Yeah, it's lovely. So I just love it. It's my yeah. favorite perfume. And Do they actually, make a bath oil in that? Do you know they don't? They used to, and there's one currently being sold on. And Halligans, if you're listening, <laughs> I know there's one currently being sold on eBay <laughs> for like um, forty quid, and it's from 1992. Oh I God, think. so it won't smell of anything anymore. Well, I don't know. I'm still like, should I get it? Because so I love mm. I love Cornubia so much, mm. and there's. If they only do the perfume. Yeah. That I often will eBay. It's like, there's some soaps came up that were called new beer, but it's just my favourite smell in the world. Yeah. And actually, I've tried to, there would be moments in my life where I thought, new year, new me, new perfume. Um, and I just always end up going back so to so you it. flirt with other ones every now and then I flirt with other ones I'm in a monogamous relationship right. with Cornubia but you cheat and I've had flings with Song by Dibti mm-hmm. uh, which was given to me when I was a bridesmaid for my friend Sarah so I love that one now, mainly because it just reminds me of that lovely yeah. day. Um, so whenever I, I'll sometimes put that on, it just I feel like I'm back in France that mm. day, full of love. That's such a good idea, actually, for people's bridesmaids. I yeah. think because it just will always Send transport time. them back yeah. to that. To that. Apparently,
0: it, um, bypasses sent bypasses a bunch of um logical thought mind processes and goes directly to oh, your that emotions. surprised me, yeah. So it's yeah. the most. It's more direct than music.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, and then i also love frederick marlow portrait of a lady yeah it's very expensive, but I I do love that. But again, I that's just a always... cold fragrance, so people love that. The only thing is, is that when I'm out and about, women come up to me like I did to you, and you walked through my door today, yeah. and I say, and say, oh, you wearing not portrait of a lady.
0: Yeah, people often ask me that when I have put. Actually, I was wearing about three different scents today because I right. tend to just get for mix that. them up. Yeah, yeah. but um, people often ask me when I'm wearing a lot of. So I think it, people equate it with that heady sort of you know purple yeah. smell.
1: Yeah, it's lovely, but I yeah. do I love that when I'm wearing Cornubia. Yeah people will go, oh, God, that's gorgeous. What's that smell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels more, I don't know. Unique. Unique, yeah. yeah. Um, so,
0: talking about your aesthetic, still yeah. sticking to that, yeah. um, tell me about your hair, because you're sporting at the moment, like a kind of blonde, shaggy... I'm thinking Bridget bardot kind of long that's fringe. That's exactly what I say no. to my hairdresser. Is that what time? you're going for? Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it works. It's it, That's what you're projecting. I wish <laughs> I had as much hair as Bridget Bardot. Oh am Most kind of hers well, was like, I think, dry shampoo or something. But tell me about your fringe, because when we were talking about the products that Dolly would name, number three was
1: fringe. <laughs> yes,
0: like, is that a product? Yeah, but tell me about your relationship with your fringe. <laughs> yeah,
1: so I had... I've always had uh, mainly very long hair mm. um, I cut it all off and then shaved it when I was about 22 21 22 you shaved which part of it I had like a mohawk oh. so I cut it into a pixie cut and then the greatest thing about cutting all your hair off mm. is uh, you're so much less precious yes because there's so little of it yeah you could just cut into it and it was my boyfriend at the time was the one who said to me I think you should cut all your hair into a pixie cut God. Okay, and I just adored this man so much. I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll do, it. do it now. <laughs> um, and actually, my hair had been driving me mad for quite a mm. long time because I had very long hair when I was a teenager, and then it and can be cumbersome having it. It right, became yeah. cumbersome, and I think I was hiding behind it a lot. And mm. I become quite obsessed with how I looked. And then I met him, and he was a real hippie, and he was like, just cut it all off. Mm. It would look great. Get like a twiggy cut. Mm. And I think I just in a moment felt like, oh, I want to be liberated. Yeah. You know, my like hair felt like this big blonde ball and chain. And I think yeah. I just wanted to. And so I actually went to this hairdresser in Edinburgh. They offered vodka, had a shot of vodka. And I was like, in the morning. And I was like, okay. In just... Scotland. In yeah, <laughs> <Yeah>. Scotland, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Edinburgh. Just cut the whole damn thing off. Um, and then kind of used to me and my ex, just, we used to just snip into it. And then... Who is this
0: man? He sounds <laughs> mental.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was a pretty mental time in my life. And then... Yeah. So that was really... I would recommend every woman get all their hair cut off at one point because okay. there was one moment I remember walking down the road and I was like 22 with like two both sides of my hair shaved and it was tufty on top mm. with no makeup on and like my ex-boyfriend's jumper. And I was like, oh my God, the world is continuing to spin. I've been stripped of it all and everything's fine. The shorter I cut my hair, the... Fiercer, I feel.
0: That sounds al- yeah, almost yeah. more feminine. I feel because I feel like I'm stripped back to my raw yeah. womanhood. <laughs> yeah. Like this is actually my hair is not my exactly magic curtain. Exactly, it's, yeah. and
1: it's been so lovely now because the idea now of like all my hair being cut off. Yeah. when I was younger, that was like the worst thing that could yeah. happen to me if someone kind of took all my hair off. And now I'd be like, well, yeah, had it all off before. You know, I, I, it, it has. It did engender a great. In a confidence with me having all my hair cut short. So when
0: did the fringe come then? So
1: then I regrew it, and then I've had it long kind of since my mid twenties. And hair... you colour it, sorry. Yeah, yeah, colour it half head of highlights and a kind of. Do you go to anyone in particular? Myla and Davis and Brixton are fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's a really
0: nice colour. It's not yellowy at all. She's so good. This yeah. girl I have called Sam. Yeah.
1: Um, and she does my fringe. I won't get anyone let anyone cut my fringe. Off no, you once Sam... you found your fringe
0: person, you yeah, can't go yeah. to anyone else.
1: She's so good. You have to book really far in advance. Oh really, Myla and David yeah they're in South East there's one in Dulwich there's one in Brixton there's one in Herne Hill I think yeah Um, but yeah they're really good for blondes as well mm. lots of my friends go there now um, but my, I kind of hated my hair from my mid 20s onwards because I'm like you I used to have a lot of hair when I was younger mm. and I think all the kind of snipping and dyeing mm. and all that stuff uh, it's just gradually over the years really thinned it out so when I had this long, I liked having long hair, all my friends, even though I loved having pixie hair, all my friends were like, never get it cut like that again. Okay. Which made me want to do it even more. <laughs> they all keep <laughs> making like, worse. Maybe I should get it for my 30th. They're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Now it's fine. So yeah. obviously I think people, maybe it was a bit too severe for my face. I don't know. I loved it. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I don't want to get it cut short again. I like having long hair, but it just hangs. I just felt like... Like, Hanson brother. Mm. Like, it was just like, it's like Kevin and Perry. It's just like so, yeah. like, I kept trying to zhuzh it. Like the image of the Hanson brothers just popped into my uh, head. Yeah, okay. I kept trying to judge it and I just couldn't judge. Yeah. And then my friend Sarah, who I keep mentioning, is is very, is known for this fab fringe that she has. She has like a Jane Birkin fringe. And she oh, looks amazing. Okay. She's always had it. And she was like, get your hair cut into a fringe because it gives your hair shape Mm. And it looks styled and chic mm. if you've got thin hair. Because yeah. if you've got an abundance of thick hair, if you are Jemima Khan or whatever, you can just wash and go and it looks yeah. g- gorgeous. But I'm not the biggest
0: fan of that either. I sometimes feel it looks a bit like, like just loads of hair. It's like Kate yeah. Middleton with her hair. I yeah, was so bit, pleased when she got it cut off. Yeah, me too. It felt a bit, like a lot. A bit wiggy. Yeah. yeah.
1: You can't, it's easier to kind of just do whatever. When yeah, you've got loads yeah. Of hair and you've got straight hair, properly yeah. straight poker hair. Yeah, straight. Yeah,
0: which is great. So then I
1: went and got this, fr- I did it gradually. I started with a grunge, mm. a grown-out fringe, which are kind of two pieces. And then I just ended up going for a straight fringe and then kind of shape it into my hair so it's more kind of 60s. Yeah, And it's just made me so confident. You mm. know, when you get to a haircut or you get to a thing or you get to a product or something in yourself mm. and you're like ah oh, I found it there you are that's but it it, and it goes I back feel, to finding yeah. your identity like
0: you were saying at the beginning you know you want to be an adult and you want to sort of you know that you're going to grow into something you're not quite sure what it is yeah. and then you yeah. find it and you're
1: like this is for me exactly and I now just feel I love wearing my hair down now. I don't play with it as much because it's just, it hangs much better. Yeah. It looks thicker. It looks like there's a shape. It doesn't look messy yeah. as much anymore because it's got. So, any woman who's got kind of long, straight hair that feels a bit like about yeah. it, I would recommend trying a fringe.
0: So, that was the incredible Dolly Alderson. Thank you so much for listening to Beautiful Lives. If you liked today's episode, please do rate it and leave a review. And remember to subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss any future episodes. I'll be back next week with a new guest, so see you then. Bye.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well,